Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. As you can hear in the background, we have some visitors. We are outside, finally. We are like in a jungle out here. Yes. This is really cool. So we are in Orlando, and we are meeting with Charlie Pioli. Did I say your last name? Yep. I did it. Charlie Pioli. Yes, of O-Town Compost. And I'm not going to explain too much about that, because we are going to let Charlie tell us more about what O-Town Compost is. So thank you so much for having us out here to your your main composting site is where we are at, correct? Yeah. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is really, really neat. So I didn't know you were going to have us like sitting among the trees like this, but it's it's literally like a jungle all around us. It's great. Yeah. This property is like 90% permaculture and plants, 10% compost. um, Awesome. So before you tell us what permaculture is, can you just kind of maybe give an overhead description of what O-Town Compost is? Yeah. O-Town Compost is Orlando's community composter. We're a local uh, group of people who just pick up food scraps from uh, our community members and uh, we we ter- process it and turn it into nutrient-rich compost uh, with the idea that you know, that food waste or food scraps uh, actually has use and being cycled back into uh, topsoil, something that can further, you know, the sustainability of Central Florida. Yeah. That is awesome. It is awesome. So when you talk about your members, um, who's involved in that? Is that so, just a residential? Like who is involved yeah. in that? Um, right now we have about 61 subscribers, residential, single family, but Mm -hmm. we, we have subscribers, uh, you know, in high rises, uh, HOAs, apartment complexes, you name it. That is our, our flagship service, but we also do zero waste events. We have a couple weddings under our belt where we, you know, help them divert food waste. And, uh, my background is in the catering industry. So, I mean, I just witnessed firsthand the egregious food waste that can occur. And we do on-farm composting, so manure management. And I actually just came back from a stable today where we were uh, planning an aerated static pile composting system to handle the manure of five horses. And on average, the average horse produces about 50 pounds a day of manure. I mean, oh, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mom has two horses, so I know she, but she utilizes her manure in the yard, which is amazing. Yeah. And the service was started because we saw what some stables were doing in central Florida. Um, they're either spreading raw manure on pasture, which isn't good. Mm-hmm. It leads to a lot of flies and fly larvae and that's why we have to deworm the horses Mm -hmm. Uh, but also people are uh, filling up dumpster containers and hauling it to the landfill and that's a lot of good organic matter just wasted in a place like florida where the sand the soil is very sandy Yeah. yeah so talk about that aerating system that you do on um on the horse farms and maybe how many horse farms are you on right now uh, just one. We just got uh, a request from our second uh, stable. 
but um, really it, it works for any farm with a byproduct you know um, any animals that produce manure you, usually the animal is a herbivore and um, you know our composting method there's many composting methods at the Orange County landfill for example they use the windrow method where they frequently turn the rows of compost which mm-hmm. aerates it to really heat it up and break down in a short amount of time the aerated Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. I was just saying that makes sense to me because mm-hmm. we are looking at right now we are in the infancy at our own house of of doing composting mm-hmm. and Angie's got us have the bin in the kitchen. We put all the food scraps in there. She takes it out, dumps it in a barrel in the back of the property. But when we're done with our backyard, we're going to get one of those that where you can turn the things this is what she wanted to do. And that explains why I wondered what that was yeah. about. It's yeah. Interesting. The tumbler is like a, a micro windrow system. Yeah. Um, but Aerated static pile is where you force air into the piles and um, and that really, that oxygen going into the material really speeds up the decomposition and in 60 days you'll have uh, finished compost. Oh, wow. Which is pretty fast That's for compost. Nice. I mean, it works really well with horse manure and uh, other types of manure, but O-Town compost is busy right now collecting food scraps but also processing the food scraps sure it it is our mission to one day partner with the organization to do the processing yeah so Uh, so for those listening tell them what processing means processing is uh you know hosting the composting site at your property and we've talked with orange county landfill and uh, they currently compost residential yard scraps, the mm-hmm. yard waste that you put to the curb that gets brought to the landfill and composted. But, you know, there, it is a environment, it's like a regulation process and it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, but right now we've been talking with some other partners to hopefully get it done. But for the food, right? For, yeah, for the food waste. Yeah. And because um, the food waste is probably the where you see the most waste yeah uh food waste and we do accept some paper products like napkins paper plates just not wax or the plasticky kind of stuff yeah no wax or poly coating um which you know most cups like starbucks paper cups have like plastic coating that take for a while to break it down yeah um i was gonna ask like what because I'm always um, taking the paper in the house and shredding it, but we do have to be careful when it has like the pieces of plastic or staples um, or staples, things like that, that are going to end up going in your ground. Exactly. I mean, that's why I say we take shredded paper, but not shredded junk mail because inevitably the junk mail Mm -hmm. is going to have a plastic window, something that goes through the shredder, shredder and then now, you know, it's like confetti of contaminations. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you it, can't use it. Well, because yeah, then those plastic products leach out into your ground. Mm. Yeah. And they're just inert yeah. materials that don't add anything to the soil. Right. So. so I have a question, too, that because we have not been putting meat products in our own compost, compost bin in the kitchen, do you guys do meat products or is it just... Yeah, we do meat and dairy, fish, uh, you mm. name it. Because with the aerated static pile system, it's really heating up over that 131 degrees, which is technically the threshold to kill 
all weed seeds, pathogens, Mm. and larvae. And you're sustaining that for about, you know, a week. It's doing a great job of uh, killing all that and making it safe to compost meat. So that's interesting to know because usually when they're telling you at home, it's just your, your veggie scraps. But that's probably because... Most homeowners maybe aren't getting it too. Yeah, and if you're doing like a passive approach, like yeah. your tumbler, I probably wouldn't recommend adding that much meat. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple of scraps, but, uh, you know, stick with the veggies, grains, and fruits, and oh, cool. it'll make a good compost. Yeah, That's I, interesting to learn. Though, it really yeah. is. We talked about it on the way here. We also kind of wondered if, and, and maybe it doesn't, but we wondered if meats bring in more critters that might want to get into your compost bin too i'm not sure but yeah and i think that's the rumor behind composting meat and dairy is it brings a lot more critters and believe me i was worried about that before i started accepting meat products and it didn't change but yeah it depends what your goals are are you gonna just passively compost the food scraps in your backyard throw stuff out there and then kind of forget about it Mm -hmm. Or are you going to actively do it like every week? Sure. Um, And where it's sealed and nothing can get into it is all like one of those tumblers is, you know, put a sealed door on it. And if it's hot, like compost should be, the critters will dig in the pile. They'll be like, nope. (laughs) Not for me. I don't want it. Yeah. That's a good way to um, avert them. You know what yeah. I mean? Because <laughs> otherwise, right. if you're just throwing it in the trash can, that's where they're, it's easy grabs for them. So they're going to go for your trash can. Exactly. And in this time of pandemic, I like to say that by source separating your food waste, um, you're, you're cleaning up your trash and you're really making sure that your trash is more sanitary. There's not like a yucky mess in Mm -hmm. your trash cans or dumpsters. And we pick up the food waste, so it's virtually just disappearing. Um, And uh, it's a lot better from a a sanitary standpoint. So you do residential, but what about the restaurants in the community? Yeah, um, we do some commercial people and Uh, We like to stick, well, since we just started less than a year ago, and uh, I don't really have the capacity for, you know, the big food waste generators, Mm -hmm. like a restaurant can either easily generate over a ton a week. Um, So I'm trying to stick with the smaller guys, uh, offices and cafes right now, but as you... As I get bigger, obviously, uh, I will be wanting to get, get all the food waste. Yeah, yeah. So you're you have big goals. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, to make a big impact. And, yeah. Um, I would love to see Orange County's landfill uh, be ex- the life of the landfill be extended. You know, many more years because yeah. we're diverting the food waste. And right now, on average, um, you know food waste or organic material that can be composted makes about 40% of what's going to the landfill. So what a waste. Yeah. Yeah, There's a big opportunity there. Yeah. And I like how you said in central Florida, we do not have good soil. Like, so that's why maybe a lot of people are, when they do start a garden in their backyard, it's not successful because we, eh, the stuff that will grow here, you have to go very native 
yeah, if you're going to grow successfully. Right, like the native perennials and yeah. stuff like that. So that's where the composting comes into play because you can enrich that soil. We've learned some really interesting things. We actually did an interview um, with Sideways um, Brewery up in North Carolina, and they were cultivating their farm that had been, what was it? A, it was a soybean field It was before. a soybean field. Yeah. So as you probably know, the, the land was just depleted of nutrients and they had had, that's where we learned you can send your soil sample in to get tested for the microbes that are in there. Mm-hmm. And um, the microorganisms that they had in there were like nine and nine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you know, there's supposed to be billions of them. That's yeah. what yeah. we learned. And so they are actually, you know, cultivating the land to get it, you know, back to where it's healthy and they're doing an amazing job yeah i think they said on average it takes like six or seven years to bring damaged soil back to being fully uh full of the amount of microbes and and everything it's supposed to be to be healthy soil for farming you need to amend that soil with a lot of organic matter but then you know, there's other techniques like, uh, what do they call it? Like cover cropping with they do, they do that nitrogen too. fixers. Yeah. Um, you know, in this food fa- forest we're currently standing in, I think we have some nitrogen fixers like pigeon peas, which currently they take nitrogen out of the air. It goes down into the roots and they spread it to the nearby plants. So it, that is one awesome. form of permaculture. Oh, that is neat. Yeah. So permaculture is the stuff that you can plant in the ground to help to improve the quality of the soil. Uh, Like a ground cover almost. Yeah. Well, permaculture is like kind of the approach to sustainably managing your garden or business or life. It really can be applied to many different things. And it's like a waste free um, method. It's really trying to work with nature and not against it mm-hmm. um yeah. but and let nature do its job right yeah, like exactly. if we've talked to the pasture brothers about that like if you just let it kind of do its thing and help it and work in harmony with it yeah it's like we, we work so hard to fight against it to make things a certain way mm-hmm. and what they were telling us was it goes right along in line with what you're saying is the ecosystem will take over if you've got it right it just it works. That's why nature works. We mm-hmm. muddle with it and then we mess it up. It also reminds me of our conversations. I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, King Grove Organic Blueberry Farm in Lake County. Same kind of thing, mm-hmm. though. They're very uh, aware of the microbes in the ground and working with nature versus against it. So, yeah. Yeah. A- I mean, I, the, unfortunately, they don't teach us these agricultural practices. I just talked with a, a guy from Auburn who studied agriculture and he said yeah i was just learning row cropping you know yeah the biggest form of how our country grows things and it's just you know not efficient it's mm-hmm. leading to depleted topsoil and this is why we have to bring in these uh, artificial fertilizers to really give the plants the the minerals and nutrients they yeah. need yeah, and it makes you wonder about the health of the food you're eating when you're having to keep tinkering to get it right, you know, instead For of just sure. letting yeah. it work the way so that it should. So, O-Town Compost, we we take people's food waste, but we also give our subscribers back a share of finished compost. They receive, um, two times a year, they receive about 20 pounds. Oh, wow. So, it's a, it's not a ton, but it's enough to really, 
you know, either start your raised bed or, um, you know, a couple potted plants yeah. to really produce food. And what I, what I'm trying to get people in Orlando to see is that banana peel, those coffee grounds, uh, you name it, that becomes, you know, an, another tomato or it, it really mm-hmm. circles around and yeah. becomes something that you can put, you know, eat. Yeah. Sure. And the way you guys are doing it, we'll, we'll get into that a little more, but it's so low maintenance for anyone. So you don't have to mess with it. You don't have to. Yeah. It's valet it. style. Right. Yeah. T- tell us how that works a little bit. So yeah, for a residential service, we give you a five gallon bucket, an airtight lid and a compostable liner. And um, we send out a text reminder the night before your pickup day. So people fill up the buckets with their kitchen scraps and leftovers and the, then they p- place it out on their porch or wherever they would like. And we come swap it out for a, a new bucket. And we take it back to our, our composting site where we're currently at right now and turn it into finished compost. Twice a year, we return the finished compost to them. Or a lot of our subscribers don't have a use for the compost. They live in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. right? no backyard. Um we partner with Fleet Farming, so they can donate their share mm-hmm. to Fleet Farming. Yeah, we had Fleet. We had Lee Perry from Fleet Farming on a few episodes ago. So. Yeah, we talked about you guys a bit. Yeah, in there. yeah. That, Lee is a beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone says she, for sure. Yeah. I, I um I love that she said we were like, well, we're you know trying to grow, and she's like, anybody that puts a plant in their house is doing something to me. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you start small, it don't matter. Yeah, you know. So, and. I kind of have the same feeling as her, though, where she says when she sees people throwing yard waste away, she's like, that's gold to her. And I think we we need to think like that instead of taking Mm -hmm. our yard waste and putting it on the side of the road to be picked up. Yeah, I mean, Florida is one of the only states in the country that has year round yard waste. And, you know, those northern states, they just have leaf collection Mm -hmm. in the fall. But um, yeah, I mean, it would just make so much sense to, you know, source separate it. And luckily, Orange County tries to do that with their curbside program. A lot of trash ends up in those bins, but they compost it and then they give it back to residents as free compost. It's not the the oh. most premium compost you yeah. see, but it's at least they're doing the right thing with it. It's a good effort. Yeah. 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 So I notice around here where we're sitting, um, we do have a lot of what looks like mulch. Yeah. Is that just, um, is that just like from a wood chipper? Like what, what is that that we're seeing around? Yeah. So, uh, one of my neighbors owns a landscaping business and he'll drop off loads of mulch and, um, it's just, Really, when I bought this this house, this property about a year and a half ago, it was just lawn, um, mm-hmm. nothing but lawn. And, you know, the first thing I did was the lasagna method of put, laying down cardboard and then mulch on top of that. Mm-hmm. And you try to start fixing like organic matter in the soil to build the soil mm-hmm. and compost can be expensive i think it's typically like 40 dollars a cubic yard so this is a way to do it less expensively and really turn you know your depleted soil or your sandy florida soil into something that can be enriching for plants oh that's great now i did hear that like 
when you buy the mulch from the stores that's, you know, maybe um, cedar or something like that, it doesn't necessarily have the microorganisms in there that maybe if you go in your backyard and you need to do some tree trimming and you mulch the tree there, it's it's a little bit better for the soil. Is has that... it been treated or colored? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like some of that stuff has been colored. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. imagine the mulch you buy at Home Depot and Lowe's is totally treated. And the, the red mulch is actually... Um, it's treated to prevent like termites. So that's why you surround your house with a red mulch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, this is straight from like a tree that was cut that day. Yeah. And yeah. it was just delivered by an arborist. So yeah. I know it's, you know, so hardwood mulch is better than camphor and those uh, invasive species. Yeah. But uh, at least this is something that's not treated and spurring yeah. the organic material and it smells wonderful yeah like the smell is just that wood woodsy smell, smell. Yeah. yeah so it's really great i i noticed that because um i mentioned that because we had had a couple bags of mulch in yep. our backyard and i had they had kind of like decayed there and you know fell apart or whatever and i started like raking it out and there was no bugs in it <laughs> and i thought that very suspicious and i'm like let me look this up because this is weird that there was Mm -hmm. no bugs in it i felt like there should be bugs in it you know what i mean like there should be some roaches in there or whatever kind of bug is you know attracted to that it's probably treated and it's preventing it from that so that's why i mentioned that because i'm like um that's suspicious no (laughs) doubt so charlie let's take a take it back just a bit because one of the things we like to do when we interview a guest is we like to find out a little bit about you so we chatted a little before we started recording but maybe can you give our audience a quick overview of maybe where you're from and how you started this and when you made this into a business right uh, yeah, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, which people, you know, sigh. They're like, of course you are. <laughs> um, the beautiful country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, hiking and yeah. my favorite high school class in Portland was Northwest Ecology, learning about the ecology of the area. But that's just amazing that they had that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So since I went to college in Boston, Northeastern University, and when I was there, I actually subscribed for a similar composting program. They were called Bootstrap Compost, and they would do the same operation. Right. So I thought it was a great idea. I felt it made me feel really good not throwing my food waste in the in the trash, even mm-hmm. though I was living in an apartment complex. And... um you know, I, I moved down to Orlando for a job and I, I, I worked in waste consulting and recycling consulting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So that that's where I really learned the industry and I learned how our country currently manages their waste and their organic waste. Right. And, you know, back then I used to think recycling was the answer. No longer because recycling, as most people know, is really struggling right now. Um, with China shutting the door on the U.S. Mm-hmm. material, but also, you know, you got to think about how many environmental benefits are even coming from recycling bottle cans and paper when we're sending a lot of that stuff across the globe to be remanufactured and sent back to us. So all the resources that are used just in the shipping, just and in the shipping, yeah. and just in the processing, like yeah. uh, to process glass in the recycle center. 
takes significant energy. And nowadays, most cities, towns, municipalities don't accept glass because it gets ground up, turned into a colet, and uh, it's worthless because once you mix, mix green glass with clear glass, brown glass, there, you know, you're not going to have a good color coming out the other side. For a product, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of contamination. Orange County is currently investing millions in a curbside monitoring program to lift the lids of people's recycle bins mm -hmm. and uh, identify contamination. And plastic bags are the biggest source of contamination. Yes. But, you know, seeing, spending time at landfills and recycle centers around the country, I identified food waste recycling, composting as the, offering the most environmental benefits for our earth. And uh, that's why I started O-Town Compost and I used Bootstrap's model, which is actually probably uh, not unique to Bootstrap. This mm -hmm. is, community composting is happening in cities, communities all over the country and the big guys, the waste managements and republics, um, they have kind of left it to the small guys, which is really great because, you know, the big guys, their portfolios, they make most of their money off of the landfilling and the yeah. trash collection. So yeah. it's really the small community composters job to do it right. And there's this great model out there that I just took and ran with and orlando's been responding pretty well to it so far so or that's great it um it, i mean in orlando too i did read that um they have a zero waste goal correct right. and that's i mean it's a ways out 2040 mm -hmm. but do you feel like that do you feel like that's achievable with if more people were applying what o-town compost is applying yeah, and, uh, you know, that's a weight-based goal. Mm -hmm. Zero waste actually means 90% diversion because inevitably there's going to be of 10% course. you just can't do anything with. But 90% is a good number. 90% is awfully <laughs> ambitious, too, yeah. um, where we're currently at. But um, since it's a weight-based number, you need to look at food waste, which has a higher density than a lot of the other materials like plastics and yeah. metals. And then, yeah, th there's no way they could get there without recycling that 40% chunk of compostable material. So, you know, the city of Orlando is currently looking into anaerobic digesters. The digester at Disney, pow uh, Harvest Power, they just closed for good about two weeks ago. Oh. And um, a lot of people don't know that, but that was our only piece of food waste recycling infrastructure in, in Central Florida. Oh, wow. And now there's no one except O-Town Compost. So. Oh, I was wow. going to ask, is it hard to get your foot in the door for things like Disney or the parks that probably have tons of food waste? I haven't um, targeted them yet just because I don't have the capacity to even, even handle it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. It's more than I can chew. Is that but, a goal for you? Yeah, but I uh, did hear that Disney... You know, at their Epcot, I think they currently compost a lot of their food waste, and uh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they turn it into like compost for their landscaping and stuff. But I'm sure they still have an um, a number of food waste that can be recycled elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Sure, um, but I think the the 
the golden cow. I don't know if that's even a phrase, <laughs> but that's I'm trying to target um, that touristy Kissimmee area. Yeah, maybe a couple years down the line, because you know that's when it's more of a publicity thing because people see composting. People around the world see composting taking place in Orlando's touristy area, and they really. It, be, it starts to become the norm, the status yes. quo. Yeah. And I think that's what it needs to become so that once something becomes um, popularized, like it's yeah. the thing everybody's doing, more people do get on board. So that's what we really need it to be. It, yeah. become, it needs to become the thing, the, so, the cool thing to do, the thing that keeps your city clean. And yeah, I think that is kind of where we need to head. Education so, is uh, goes hand in hand with what we do. And mm-hmm. we, you know, I never turn down a speaking engagement or something to kind of further the knowledge about why we need to compost. Yeah. That's great. It also probably helps to market you because as you said, it's sort of a publicity thing, but... In the same way that Go Green became like a big thing, and as we start talking about recycling, and now it's debatable on whether or not it's really doing that much good, mm-hmm. it's just become another business. I know it was stamped on everything because everyone was suddenly interested, and it just it makes me wonder if composting is kind of going the same way, <laughs> because you can learn just a little bit about it at the very top level, and it. I think for most rational people, you're like, oh, that's something I should be doing. It's something I should be mm-hmm. helping to do. So I wonder if that's going to help you grow your business just because of the uh, public interest and, in, in, you know, and the yeah. value of that. Yeah, definitely. And I don't see compost going down the same path as recycling because it's being left to the little guy's devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a more decentralized model where these these you know, waste haulers that are traded on Wall Street, they're uh, more centralized. They'll build Mm -hmm. a huge facility and truck material in from 100 miles around. Uh, We're looking at really just not long transportation distances and the logistics of that would be a mess for anyone. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much need. There's community gardens everywhere that could use compost. There's you know, food being grown in many people's backyards. Especially here. It's really about partnering in your community. Yeah. And then that community, you know, becomes more sustainable, and then we can move that on to the next community. And it gives people that warm, fuzzy feeling. That's what I meant. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. So I am interested. So on your website, it says that you've diverted uh, over 11,000 pounds of food waste how do you track that? Do you actually measure? Do you actually weigh yeah. the waste? I have a scale in my truck that, uh, oh, I, in um, the back in of my the truck. Back bed, the bed of the truck? No, I actually just, it's like a normal scale. Oh, okay. I take it out and, um, yeah, I make sure I track every pound because it's cool. important when you are talking with the municipalities like mm-hmm. City of Orlando, Winter Park, Orange County. They actually want to know, uh, how much you're diverting. So that they can put it in their sustainability report. Yeah. And oh. also they're going to, they're, they love, you just gain more support yeah. from them when they see what great of a job you're doing. That's sure. I mean, That's right. Cool. Last week I had to give a tour to the city of Orlando solid waste department. They came out here probably thinking I could be like a hobbyist who just mm-hmm. likes to throw food waste into my lawn. Um, but no, they were impressed and oh, cool. I'm, I got the go ahead to 
continue what I'm doing. So that's awesome. Oh, nice. That's w- awesome to hear. I, I don't expect you to give us every detail of your business plan, but I was curious. Do you, are you seeing continued growth then? Yeah, this pandemic, uh, you know, it stopped a lot of my commercial customers. No one's going into the office anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I lost um, some revenue there, but the number of residential subscribers has been taking off. Oh, I love Amazing. that. People are at home more. They're cooking more. Mm-hmm. You know, the cliche is, is actually true. So. They're also yeah. in their yard more. We've no, we've, we're in the middle of a home renovation, so we've been to Home Depot 25 times in the past <laughs> yeah. two months. But like mowers are sold out and things yeah. that people are in their yard now. So I assume gardening is probably going up as well. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's. We've definitely seen an increase in that because people are are putting it on their page when they start a, you know, on Facebook or wherever they're announcing that they started a garden. And it's amazing to see. Yeah. And it's a new service. I'm, I'm seeing people just, well, some people call me the compost fairy because I pick up their bucket <laughs> and it disappears and then they all of a sudden a there's bucket. a clean bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you, know. you have to start wearing wings when you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ring the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> But you, know, <laughs> you know what's great about all of it, though, is that I feel like if you are if you're starting a garden and you really don't know what you're doing, it really gives you a leg up on having a healthy garden to start with. Um, you know, we've composting, yeah, yeah. composting mm-hmm. in general. So you showing back up with usable compost. And what do like, you call your compost? I call it O Town Black Gold. Black Gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and also if you follow us on social media, we try to share a lot of. Uh, different tips and tricks mm-hmm. about gardening and um, just permaculture and the whole approach to working with nature. Yeah. Um, There's so. something else cool that you guys do. You do um, the worm castings. So do you teach people how to do that? I, I think you do. Yeah, I like farming, to teach um, yeah. how to build your own worm bin because worm, you know, vermicomposting is the name for it, but feeding food scraps to your worms is actually a way to get great fertilizer Mm -hmm. some people do it because they like to go fish with the worms and other people you know they just want a way to properly dispose of their food waste and all three of those things can be achieved indoors with a simple little you know plastic bin is this one of those things, forgive my ignorance here, but you know they make they, they make those worm towers where like juice comes out the bottom. Yeah. Is this kind of in line yeah. with all that? My mom has one and the, she has the red wigglers in there. Yeah. And it they devour food. It's crazy. And, and what stuff comes out of the bottom of this thing that you put so in So those your- worm towers is one style of bin. Uh, actually, Lee Perry just bought one of those and I have one in the backyard. They're not my favorite because, you know... I don't know why. I just like the the simple tubs where you have a lid to mm-hmm. it. You drill some holes in it so they can breathe. And you just feed them food scraps, easy peasy. And they'll stay right in that bin because yeah. they're getting food all the time. Yeah. They're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and the red wigglers are the, the type of worms you want to, to have. They're mm-hmm. the most heat tolerant and they they really work well on the food. Yeah, and you guys can check out o, um, O-Town Compost page, and they have yeah. Yeah, it's on our, down, on our blog, uh, yeah. How to Build a Worm Bin. Yeah. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes, obviously, to all your stuff, but we'll put one directly to that as well <laughs> so people can learn how to do so it. So I wanted to find out, um, so you said that you're 
you're looking for more, you need more space basically to do what you're doing, to take on larger projects. So how are you, are can people donate a portion of their land? Like as far as an area that you could help cultivate, how are you working that? How are you looking into the future of building yeah, that? Yeah. So I am looking at like, uh, you know, maybe a centralized facility, but we're not talking a, like a, a gigantic centralized facility. We're talking maybe compost, you know, 50 cubic yards at a time, mm-hmm. not a ton. But I really am open to any partnerships with, uh, you know, farms or stables that have this organic byproduct that actually can be mixed in with the food scraps to create a a finished compost and with compost as most people know you need a carbon component and Mm -hmm. nitrogen component well the food scraps takes care of the nitrogen but uh always in look of carbon and Mm -hmm. horse manure is a good carbon uh landscaping wood chips is a good carbon um any time of type of manure. What really. about paper too? Is that considered a carbon? Paper, I guess if uh, like a paper mill was nearby mm-hmm. and they wanted to incorporate the pulp in there. Mm. I, I'm not sure about that. That sounds like um, a Pacific Northwest yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, so I don't, I don't know much about this. I'm just curious, but meat scraps, that's a carbon too, isn't it? Uh, no, I think meat scraps is, a, it's, like nitrogen but i'm not sure how like each piece of food waste has some carbon in it right there's a ratio for each piece of food waste and i see obviously you know fruits and veggies are going to have high nitrogen to carbon ratio than uh, other stuff but um that's what people say you need about a 25 to one carbon to nitrogen ratio and that's just confusing because people think i need 25 parts of mulch and then one part of food waste but actually it should be two or three parts mulch one part of food waste because there's already carbon incorporated in that food waste some of it yeah oh okay and my my logic on that wasn't based on anything around composting it's just that there were carbon-based life forms so i wasn't sure if meat contains carbon still after gotcha. it's been cooked and yeah and now that you mention it it does contain part carbon part nitrogen yeah it's so, interesting yeah so you talked about that you partner with fleet farming who are some of the other people that you're partnering with um besides like i mean you are with orange county trying to partner with them mm. but who else locally are you well partnering um, with? i'm part of the rollins rally program it's oh, an yes. entrepreneurship mm-hmm. program and uh I mean, knock on wood, but I just hope that one of my mentors is John Rivers of Mm -hmm. the Rivers Smokehouse. And uh, he just, you know, is planning on developing 40 acres out in West Orlando to create like an agricultural education center and composting site. Awesome. So I'm really hoping that will be one of my big composting locations very cool and um additionally we'd be diverting all the food waste from his restaurants mm-hmm. but oh, and it's wow. four rivers right four, four rivers, rivers yeah. right and then uh fleet farming they do great work mm-hmm. and they do it all over orlando yeah. e- even in west orlando like paramore area mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean uh, right now we're looking into what would what would be the feasibility of building these aerated static pile bins at 
sites around Orlando and you, you know, I could drop off the food waste depending if I was in the neighborhood and it would just get incorporated into the, the current composting operation. And these are at like schools, community gardens. These are in, in areas that just have gardens. Yeah. Right. So I was wondering, since you you said you like to focus on education too, so any speaking engagements or anything like that, and people are coming out and you do tours out here, what about like volunteer opportunities? Have you? Do I you don't really do tours. Um, oh, okay. Just for my subscribers, I'm planning on doing a okay. a big tour. But sorry. that's well, okay. That's what okay. was your question? Um, like volunteer opportunities, so that you can kind of educate people as they're maybe helping, you know, around yeah, the property. Yeah, and I have been uh, a lot of uh, a number of students have asked me if I do volunteers and volunteer work and. I think definitely um, in the future, but right now I just can't, you know, I'm, I'm building, I'm growing the business and gotcha. I need to kind of establish protocols yeah. before I can bring on help. And in the next four months or so, I'm planning on hiring a manager for the business, someone to really do the driving, take care of the operations, allowing me to step back into more of the leadership role. Do right. these speaking engagements, education, marketing, Very cool. you know, the, the other awesome. stuff. Awesome. Things that are really going to grow the business for you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Well, let us know anything you need. We'll post yeah. it out there and, you know, share it and yeah. hopefully get the right I'll person in here with you. definitely need to use multiple channels. Yeah. So. yeah. We're definitely interested in helping with that. And I'm excited to kind of take a tour of the facility out here, too. That's what yeah. we're going to do now, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for answering all of our... I'm, I mean, we could probably Talk ask forever. 500 yeah. more questions, and uh, but you know, I'd have to be taking notes at that time <laughs> so they can apply these I, I'm, things. I'm at already home. having to do that. <laughs> Angie's obviously more educated about this than me. She's the one that's got us composting. But the I'm whole still idea, learning, though. <laughs> it's it's super interesting to me. The more we start getting into our own gardening, the more I will yeah. really want to deep dive into how all this works. And so, you're welcome to take uh, plant cuttings on this tour if you. you oh, know, awesome! I'll describe the plants to you, and if you think that sounds cool, feel free to take a oh, cutting. Oh, awesome! That is awesome. Yeah. We will and for learn sure. how to start it ourselves. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the next step because that's what Lee said from Fleet Farming. She's like. Plant cuttings are the best thing. You know, yeah. it's free plant, basically. I mean, the way I started, it was just the easy peasy ones. Yeah. You just stick them in the ground. And they yeah. grow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you said you've been in this, or you've had this uh, land for a year and a half. And I, mm-hmm. if our audience is, this is an audio version of the podcast, but if the audience goes to our website, we're going to take some pictures here. It's hard to believe because we're sitting in a jungle. It's hard to believe all this was just, a, you know, a lawn a year and a half yeah. ago. A yeah. wasteful lawn. It's pretty exciting to think how far it's come and how fast, how fast. And, you know, I guess I kind of imagine this would be an education center in the future for people in the community to learn how to grow their own food and do it easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're proving that it can be done. Yeah. And and that goes back to just working with nature because, yes, you're cultivating it, but you're kind of letting the earth do what it does yeah i mean i'm lazy my roommates are lazy <laughs> we try to do the bare minimum around here but um do we just lay a lot of mulch amend the soil mm-hmm. by laying uh dumping mulch 
and it, you know the, a lot of it takes care of itself so. yeah As that's the, that's the thing isn't it funny how we work so hard to fight against nature with our lawns and our yards yeah. and struggle and it's almost a constant battle with nature for some reason yeah <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to me that we've come uh, up we, with this idea we have conversations about this all the time I, I we won't know. get off on the deep end but, but it, like we, we don't it, i don't know if we belong here it's, it's crazy <laughs> it doesn't make sense how much we invest in lawns and uh-uh. cutting spraying blowing yeah. yeah and constant maintenance to to prevent nature from converting back into what it's trying to do when to it will with. just be beautiful and green and luscious if you just let it be yeah right. i mean the streets uh, i drive around orlando a lot uh, for my routes and the streets are clogged with landscapers. Yes. Oh, I know. It's yeah. crazy. You cannot get around them, unfortunately. <laughs> they, they do that on our road. It's like a little too, you know, a little, a little two, two lane road. Yeah, two lane, and you're like, Ugh. yeah. But I think the bigger the bigger point there too is this. Look, where it's a business. It's become such a business mm. that that's why it is what it is. It's a business to sell yeah. you the seeds, the sod, the chemicals oh, the course. services the you know and it's a just con- it is there would probably be a lot less work hours if you were gonna you know c- convert to permaculture but yeah. uh at the same time there would be you'd be accomplishing a lot more yes. and with less effort and um yeah the the industry would obviously shrink which i know a lot of people in this country would lobby against sure. but i think think it we could just use these people in uh, more efficient roles yeah. yeah and we'd be making a positive impact yeah that's the thing <laughs> we gotta think be guys we gotta think beyond right and, <laughs> you know and it's and it goes you know for, i think you all everybody always sort of brings it back to what they're doing at their own house but for us we're at a pivotal moment we're up we're about to put in a new yard because it's all destroyed from construction and angie wants to do like all edible landscaping and things that make it a functioning thing, not just something that's nice to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I hope more people come around to that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, we want to, we have a balance. We want a little bit of nice to look at, but trying to go more um, with things that are native to this area mm-hmm. that, you know, are drought resistant, things like that. So trying to educate ourselves before we start plopping stuff just in the ground, throwing basically. in some sod and, yeah. you know, <laughs> sprinklers. Yeah. So we're taking our time with it and going to, Hopefully, do yeah, it the right definitely way. talk with Lee because oh, yes. this is what she does yeah. for a living. And I love how fleet farming uh, sets examples for the community. And you can already see the difference in uh, Audubon Park, for example, oh, yeah. where it, it is no longer the norm to just have a lawn. I think fleet farming has kind of changed the the mindset about it it's caught it. it's caught on that's yeah a, yeah it's caught on that's so they're changing those yeah. lawns into something that is sustainable which it's I a love. cultural thing too i'd love to see it grow out of the smaller niches i love what they're doing too don't get me wrong but yeah. i think it's a it's a start to what we could really do yeah so, Charlie, thank you for sitting with us today. This has been very educational for me and not to mention fun. And, uh, <laughs> folks, we're going to take a break now on the show here and we're going to take a tour of the facility with Charlie. And we'll be right back in a few minutes. Hey guys, welcome back, and we hope you enjoyed that interview with Charlie Pioli at O-Town Compost. We want to give another big thank you to Charlie for having us come out. We had such a good time. It was so fun walking around 
and learning I, all about the different plants. I know. It was nice to be in an outdoor setting again. I always love when we do that. To oh, be I know. In nature, baby. In I nature. love it. Yeah. It's been uh, something I know you've been missing. I have too, but you know. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're uh, craving some sunshine, I think. I am. I am. But we did have a lot of sunshine that weekend that we um, interviewed Charlie um, we oh, also yes. had the barn raiser event for Evangeline. That's right. On I was worried. Saturday. I, I was worried I was going to have a um, sun uh, tan line of a mask shape on my face. <laughs> no, but you did have a sun tan on your arm. Yes, you I did. A little farmer's tan. Um, yep. um, so that was a big hit. It was two weekends in a row that um, Joellen from Shabby Joe's organized that event. Yes, that was so cool. And it was very successful. So we want to give a big shout out to Joellen um, and for all the work, hard work that she put in organizing that event that was very successful. And then a shout out to Shelly and the staff at the Old Red Barn of Geneva. They actually hosted the event for two weekends in a row. So thank you guys so much for, you know, opening up your space giving of your time freely for such an amazing um, support of someone that's in need in your community. We love that. We love to help support you guys when you're you're doing stuff like that. Indeed we do. And um, the amount of work, I know it was so great of Shelly to, um, you know, to provide the space and, you know, help with all that side of things. Uh, for Joe, for Shabby Joe, mm-hmm. the all the work that she put in, she, I mean, I saw her post at like, uh, I don't want to say six or seven o'clock that night that she was done. It was all these hours after we were done. So oh, she yeah. just kept on going. But you then know? there was the next day, which I was know. the cleanup. She had a 13 hour day. Oh the next my day. gosh. Are I we wish, allowed to say how much I, money she came up with? Do we know? Not yet. Okay. So, um, can we say, can I at least say thousands of dollars? You can say raised? thousands of okay. dollars. And so you guys keep an eye out on our, um, our social media because she will be surprising the family with that donation amount as well as some lovely little gifts that people dropped off for Evangeline. Oh, how cool is Um, that? So she'll be taking that over to them this upcoming weekend and she will send us the video and then we can officially let everybody know what um, your donations brought in. So Excellent. We're super excited awesome. for that. So happy to be part of that. And also we don't want to forget to thank the kitchen killers for coming out um, they're amazing music, of course. They're so entertaining. Uh, so entertaining. You know, <laughs> I, there's so many little private jokes just for, if you ever see one of their shows, if you have them out to your kitchen or you go see them at an event, they just talk to the crowd off the cuff and it just gets really so funny. It's like they make friends with the crowd. Yeah. And uh, then there's like, it becomes sort of like inside jokes on the jokes that they told during the show. I know. They were cracking me up with the Somewhere Waffle Guys. Oh, me too. Yeah, the Somewhere Waffle Guys were great too. Yeah, and they were sitting right across from them and they were just kind of... uh, you know, going off of whoever would walk up or whatever. <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> it the, wasn't their usual crowd of people like standing in front of them listening to the music the because whole time, it was yeah. like kind of like a shopping experience yeah. down there. Yep. So we had to kind of rally people up. Hey, music down here. But they were calling people through those microphones oh, to come great. down there. They, you know, uh, was... I love them. They just, they play a nice variety of music. They do. They have wonderful um, originals that they play. 
And um, yeah, they can come and crash your kitchen when they're back to crashing. Yeah, kitchen, when they're back to is. crashing kitchen. One yeah. more thing I'll say about the kitchen killers too is that they, you know, as you said, people are walking by doing their shopping mm-hmm. and would stop and watch the band for a few minutes and then keep shopping because they were there to shop. Yeah. But uh, one of the things is the popcorn vendor guy oh was right gosh. there in front. Yeah, and uh, Billy Floyd and the Commodore—that's the kitchen killers. But Billy was singing You're My Popcorn Angel to him because he was bringing him popcorn. <laughs> and now I hear that the Popcorn Angel has reached out to the Kitchen Killers to potentially play at his wedding. So that I just, I love is that. amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it. See, we made a connection. You see I, what, I how that. that happens? But you can also check out the Kitchen Killers Facebook page. So um, you don't have to like have them into your home to play music since they're kind of doing social distancing right now just kind of outdoor events yep but they play every monday tuesday and friday you can hear them play some of their music on on uh, yeah. facebook live i think they stream it to youtube we, we get on and watch them all the time it's really yeah. great and now if they see you on there they'll talk to you and say hi and they're just very entertaining yes. great guys and very talented as well we try to mimic them with that but we do. We're they, getting better, but they're great they, at it. They got mad skills when it comes to managing all that. Yes, 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 they do. Um, and then I also wanted to give a big shout out to the nonprofit Geneva Blessings. They were out and had tables full of these raffle baskets yep. that they had um, collected from the community, donations. They had put some together themselves from donation, monetary donations that people gave them, as well as other people donated from their companies. And um, they collected a lot of funds for the event as well. Yes. Through just these dollar raffle tickets that they were selling. What a great idea. And the, uh, you know, the money that they raised, it's awesome. The way they did it is Mm -hmm. awesome. And the baskets were all like i was they were amazing they were so good like we put in on like three or four different ones yeah so yeah they were they were quite amazing and um geneva blessings is going to be on the show in the future so yeah i can't wait yeah. for that yeah so we're excited to have them but anybody that came out to help anybody came out to support the event in any way if you made a donation if you brought something for evangeline and her family just a big thank you to people coming together yes, in the community yes. in support of somebody in need we love, love, love that. And if you have a small nonprofit, um, definitely reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the show and talk about what you do and help support you. And help promote any event that you may have coming That's up. Right. Help you put an event together and come yep. out to your event. That's right. Why not have It's All Fun and Dangy podcast there, walking around, touring the place. Exactly. Oh, and if you guys hear noise in the background, I just heard it. We have uh, some tile people uh, redoing our bathroom right now. Yes. So Guest the, bathroom is well on its that's way. That's right. The show must go on and the tile must go on. That's right. Well, we had a great weekend and um, that's it for me. That is it. So we want to remind you that... If you enjoy the show and you're listening to this on your favorite podcast player, please take a moment to rate, review, and or subscribe. They really help us. They help to kind of drive us up the algorithm. You can always call us if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a small nonprofit, like we said, if you're an artist, if you're a local business, Mm -hmm. if you know someone that would be a good guest on the show, 407-490-3899. That is a voicemail. It will talk to us. Yeah, it'll ask you to leave a (laughs) message. Leave a message, yeah. we'll get back to you. You can also email us at, at feedback at fine and dangy. Go, 
whatever, <laughs> feedback at fineanddangy.com. And also check out all our social media under Fine and Dangy. Yes. And um, if you've been on the show before, you can write a little review on Facebook. That'd be amazing. That really would be. I should reach out to everybody and ask them to do that. But I'm asking you now. So if you're listening, go on there. Say a little something about it. It's all fun and dangy. How yes. fun we were, you know? <laughs> How many times Angie laughed at things that weren't even funny? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's all good. It's great energy. Yeah, and is. as we say at the end of every episode, don't forget, at the end of the day, it's, it's all, all fine and dandy. Your bloopers are wonderful. Don't you remember when you were recording the bloopers? It makes the show, Daniel, don't you mess up a word. I always have to mess up a word <laughs> in our show. I do, too. I just cut mine out. Do Why? You, do you remember when you were recording the... When you were doing a commercial piece, and I was recording behind you with the phone while you were messing and up? And I was cussing every it two words. It was hilarious. I know. It I reminded know. me of Scarecrow. You always say the same curse word. Every time. And, and speaking of recording, I have to record a little commercial right, for Hotel Town